Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Season three. I love season three. I don't like January, but I love season three. Why do you love season three? I don't know, man. I feel like there's a good vibe happening on season three already. Everything comes in threes, right? So does it mean that season three will be our best? Third time's a charm. What do you mean everything comes in threes? Three musketeers, three stooges. Like I said, third time's a charm. Rush. That's all you need to say. Rush. Okay. Oh, see, but the guest we have on the phone is not Canadian. What are you talking about? So we don't know. We don't know. No, 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 no. International stars. Yes, they are international. There's no borders with Rush. All right. Danny, do you know who Rush is? Rush, the band Rush. Do you know who they are? No, I've heard of them, but I don't know any of their music. Oh, no. See? All right. Hey, everyone. You will have to after this. It's Amanda, and we're talking to. You'll be blown away, my friend. You'll be blown away. Yeah, it's true. We're talking to Danny today from Miami, Florida, and uh, Danny has been listening to the podcast and sent us a message because him and his girlfriend own an education company and they teach in the US and Europe and Australia. Um, sounds like you guys are doing something similar to us, only way freaking cooler. Why cooler? Because it's Miami? Uh, don't know about that. Because they're all over the place. Yeah, that's true. That is I cooler. like that. Um, so, and also, uh, Danny's a massage therapist. So he just sent me a message and said, Hey, I love to talk about massage and education. So we set this up. So thanks for hanging out with us today, Danny. Oh, cool, thanks. I appreciate you taking the time to have a chat. How's the weather in Miami? We got snow in Toronto today. Well, actually, it's actually cold for Miami standards today, but uh, that means it's about 75, 80 degrees. Oh, yeah. It's really cold. I'm really sad for you. Yeah. <laughs> Miami is cold. Yeah, I guess for Miami. All right. So why don't we start with some introductions, Danny? I'm going to give you the mic. Uh, just let our listeners know who you are, how long you've been practicing as a massage therapist, and a little about your background? Uh, yeah, my name is uh, Danny Christie. I'm based here in Miami, Florida. Uh, originally from England, London, England, where I trained as a sports therapist. And that was a four-year degree program in uh, Middlesex University. After my training in England, I worked for several years at sports clubs, uh, facilities, private practices, etc. And then I had the opportunity to move to the U.S., uh, which originally was going to be for two years. Um, so I didn't retrain per se, but I did retrain as a personal trainer and a massage therapist, which allowed me to, to work and get my licenses pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. That was for two years, and now it's been nearly 11, and uh, no plans to go back. I've built up good practice, and I've got a great clientele. When you decided to move to the U.S., was Miami the place that you wanted to end up in? Is that the only place you've been? It's the only place I've lived in, in, in America, yeah. I've always lived in Miami. You know, the funny thing about Miami is every time I've gone to Miami, and I've been to Miami several times, every person that I've met in Miami is not from Miami. And every person (laughs) that I've met in Miami pretty much went there on vacation, decided I'm going to stay, and then they just got a job to pay for their now permanent vacation. Sounds like your dream. (laughs) A lot of people I know are not really uh, natives. I know a couple of people have been born and raised here. But not many, not many. Mm. We go to Florida all the time. We always talk about the fact that Miami is like a whole other place. Miami is nothing like every other part of Florida. No, not at all. Banana, Banana Republic of South Florida. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So you you worked as a, a sports therapist in England, came to Miami initially for two years. What made you decide to stay and uh, set up shop and ah. become a Miami? Um, what what's the word? We're Torontonians. <laughs> a Miamian? My Miami? I, like, Miami what is? Yeah. <laughs> what's the word? Miamian. All right, cool. Miamian. I think. I mean, Miami is a great place once you get situated here. You know what I love about certain parts of Miami, like South Beach, how it's um 
historical historical sites yeah so you can't tear down those buildings so you have all of these kind of old 1920s buildings it's actually really fucking cool yeah yeah, yeah. yeah with miami if you get off like the beaten track of like the tourist tra- trails there's, there's actually a lot of cool stuff here like a lot of uh, arts cultures a lot mm. of nature i think when people think miami they think ocean drive south beach exactly yeah but if you go to some of the older neighborhoods there's some pretty cool stuff to look at actually absolutely so you just fell in love with it and decided to stay yeah yeah just i thought i'm, I'm gonna stay and see what happens and then year after year it, it I found it very easy here. Like to build a practice, uh, it, it was so easy for me. It's like it just happened like by accident type of thing. Like there was no real effort. And then before you know it, I'm working full time for myself. And I'm like, well, that's hard to do anyway, especially Miami, apparently. So I thought, mm, I'll stay. That's pretty cool. We actually have talked about that as well, about how a lot of massage therapists are successful by accident because... People like us. People like coming for a massage. So if you're passionate about what you do and you're good at what you do, it seems like it doesn't take a lot of effort to come become very successful. But obviously you were doing things to build a busy practice and work for yourself. At what point in your massage career did you decide, I want to do more? I want to do education. If you're, I mean, if you were doing so well, what made you want to make the jump into education? Um... It wasn't like I wanted to. It, it was like I had to. There was something like yearning like in my brain to like, man, you've got to get in front of a crowd and start talking because it's something I didn't want to do. It was a, a bit scary for me. I was like, shit, you've got to face that demon, bro, and start teaching. Like, I didn't want to teach. But now I actually enjoy it. Like the first couple, I enjoyed the art. When I finished, I was like, oh, that was cool. But I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it. No, I, I felt like I had to do it just for my own spiritual, mental development i guess that was so the reason teaching, was it actually. that you needed more of a challenge or was it that you felt like the education around you the other therapists around you maybe weren't up to up to your standards and you felt like you could share knowledge with them or was it really just more of a challenge for yourself uh both really and truly the, the reason i went into teaching was a purely a selfish one it was for me to get this like monkey off my back so to speak and like a few friends and colleagues, co-workers asked me, hey, can you put together a workshop for us? Can, you, can we meet and hang out for coffee? You can explain that stuff to me. So I think I had a knack of explaining relatively complex things simply. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's yeah, more, like, you know, when you go to educational classes, you're like, really? That's what you're teaching? You really do that? And I, I think when I go to seminars and classes, I'm like, I'm not sure, man. I'm not sure if that really happens in clinic like that. But so now I teach for the students, not for myself, because I've got over that fear, I guess. So now I'm teaching purely for to help other people. But like the first couple of seminars was purely for me. <laughs> so when did your education company come into existence? How long have you been teaching? Uh, we've been teaching now, I think, I think I've done my first seminar with Pain Posture Performance last year. So only like a year and a half. Okay, so this years, is maybe. relatively new. And... Uh, yeah. Your business partner, who is also your girlfriend, uh, were you two yeah. always business partners or did one of you start it and the other one came in or did you guys start as friends? I want to know the whole backstory to this. Uh, well, I mean, I, I've been I've been doing this stuff for over 20 years. Um, so I've been working for a long time and I had like a pain posture performance website, um, like an Instagram account, but I wasn't really doing it, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And then... 
I was I was talking a lot about it with Kiki, and then I think she like pulled the rug from under my feet and really like professionalized it. If professionalized is even a word, it could and, be a like, word. Made it start happening. It could be a word, right? I'm yeah, sure. Word. It's professionalized so, so, yeah, as, from I, a Miamian. I started it. Yeah, yeah, professionalized. <laughs> I started it, but now it's like it's purely us together. I always mess with her. I say it's fifty fifty one percent me, forty nine percent her. She thinks it's even fifty fifty. <laughs> well, it's funny because Mark and I have this discussion all the time, and we we were speaking to somebody the other day on a recording about what it takes to be an entrepreneur. And I've actually um, been asked to speak at different events as you know a female entrepreneur. But I say to Mark all the time, I think you're the real entrepreneur. I'm just the one. I, I, I'm his number one. I'm the one who maybe gives him the reality check sometimes. I'm the one who maybe takes his crazy idea and helps him figure out how to put it into place. Like, I think uh, I, I think he needs me, but I yes. think he's the. But I don't agree with that. Like, if you remember when we did a podcast with Steve, and Steve is very much like you, and Steve kind of argued the idea, like, I'm not the, I'm not an entrepreneur, dude. Like, I I, I got to plan things too much. I, I don't, and I'm like, no, that's part of the deal. Like, yeah, it's part I, of the deal. I'm I have no problem taking risk. You obviously don't have problems taking risk, and that. It to me is the biggest part of being an entrepreneur is I'm willing to take the risk. Yeah. Now, what you do when you're willing to take the risk is a whole other story. So for me, I'm I'm out left field, and I think every idea is fabulous, and I think everything is possible. So I'm like the idea guy, and I will put my fucking face to the grindstone and try to make these ideas happen. But you also need the fucking conscientious, steady planner in the whole thing, which I'm not, which you are. Right. Now, just because you're not the you know the crazy idea and everything's possible person you're the reality person doesn't make you any less of an entrepreneur okay it's it's more about to me the risk-taking they say most people are one skill so one skill set away from being successful so like kiki definitely fills in gaps with me like technology sending emails doing powerpoint mm -hmm. that stuff i have zero Zero. It's true. And like that's what I've said before. I think that Mark and I work well together because there's certain things that I don't think that I could do. You know, as I said, he comes up with these ideas that I would have never thought of. And then as he starts talking to me about them, I'm able to take that and say, okay, this is what we can do. And, you know, for example, when Con Ed came into reality, you know, he wanted to jump in immediately and, you know, have it all over Canada and start trying. And I said, no, 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 we're going to start in one place. We're going to do this. And, I, you know, I sort of made us like a three year plan and a five year yeah. plan because I am the planner. So he might be oh, local right? and build out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I maybe it is maybe it is 50 50. Maybe Kiki's right. Maybe you uh, you need her 50 percent or 49 or yeah, 49. I mean, she definitely does like. It's like the background stuff, like the stuff that the students don't see. Like that's exactly, the manual, the yeah, yeah, that's Getting, exactly like, what I always say. Yeah. Booking hotels, booking flights, da 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 da. da. Like Absolutely. that stuff, I don't not, like. I don't do anything like that. We have a business account, a banking account. I've never seen it. I've never logged on. I don't know where <laughs> the money's kept. I don't know how much is in there. I don't know. I've never. Looked, I don't. I don't even know what bank we use. I'm starting to think she's sixty percent. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> But no, that's exactly what you I say. You better hope she doesn't get Mark sick of you, man. Is the, yeah, right? Mark's like the face of Con Ed. You know, everybody knows Mark. And even, it's funny, whenever uh, we get an email to Con Ed, it's always addressed uh, to Mark. And there's people, even when they... Well, you're both massage therapists, right? We are. We are. We are but everybody who messages us always thinks they're talking to Mark. And half the time I tell people it's Amanda, half the time I just let it go and I... I 
I don't. And I said to Mark recently, I'm like, man, it gets a little bit old sometimes. Like everybody just assumes you do everything. That wouldn't even be realistic. But it's because mo- majority of my role in the company is the background stuff. I'm booking the hotels. Yeah. I'm doing the blogs. I'm, you know, sometimes whatever, doing administrative stuff that nobody sees, right? The face of the yeah. company, the one who's getting in front of the classroom majority of the time is Mark. I might be a teaching Mark. assistant on some courses and I teach one or two, but Mark's the face. So I guess that's why. Well, that's pretty much exactly the same same with us, actually. Yeah. It's exactly the same story with, with us. Like I do most of the teaching, but Kiki is there like assisting and asking questions. Yeah, for sure. So you were the one that started Pain Posture Performance, but she kind of helped you get it off the ground. And so for the last yeah. year, year and a half, whatever it was that you said, you guys have been doing this and teaching, you said, eight courses in a year? Um, I think we taught seven or eight last year. I think we might have taught one or two the year before. And then this year we have, I think, seven or eight plans. Okay. So can I ask you then, what was your very first course that you developed and taught through your company? Uh, the first class we taught by Pain Posture Performance was, we had it initially as Pain Posture Performance Level 1, Assess and Correct. Uh, we since changed the name. We just call it Assess and Correct now. So that was aimed purely at massage therapy or soft tissue therapists, manual therapists. And we did that locally in Miami, in Kiki's studio, actually. Kiki has a small studio here in uh, Miami. And we taught it there. And I think we had about 12 people. And it went great. Like, people really loved it. We had a good, like, good turnout. We was happy with 12. And then what we noticed, we was getting a lot of um, emails and uh, messages on Facebook and Instagram and whatnot from trainers saying, can trainers attend this class? And we're like, no, not really. You're not allowed. Like, there's just, there's rules. So what we did, we developed another class called Stretching and Flexibility, which is a, is a hands-on class. It's a table-assisted stretching, but we opened up that up to personal trainers. So then we was getting personal trainers and massage therapists, and that class just blew up. People were, were, were going crazy about it. Like when we were in California, the class sold out within like days. That's so we awesome. go, okay, maybe, maybe we'll do more... Uh, Stretch and flexibility. So I think last year, I don't think we we taught assessing correct. We taught we taught only uh, flexibility, stretching and flexibility. Actually, we taught that seven or eight times last year. And where have you taken this class to? Because you had said to me that you're sort of all over the U.S. You guys have taught in England, Australia. So where where did you teach last year? Uh, last year we taught in the U.S. in Miami, in California. In Texas, um, where else did we teach? We taught somewhere else. How do you decide where you're going to travel to in the states? Uh, that's 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 probably the toughest thing. Like, what normally happens is we get people reach out to us and say, "Can you teach in our facility?" And we ask them if they have a network, if mm-hmm. they have like if they can help us with promotions, if they've got a good facility and they seem cool, we go there. So basically, like people choose us because we found actually the hardest thing for us is finding suitable suitable hosts and host right, location right. Mm-hmm. so we normally we get hosted actually so when we when we went to um, Australia for example we had two really good hosts like local gyms and uh, so they, they hosted us so there's no there's no upfront cost for us really like we don't have to pay for uh, space hire and stuff like that and mm-hmm. they when we have a network of three, four, five people hopefully so then we've got like a small class already. That's really cool. How did that even come about? Did you meet somebody from Australia? Did they reach out to you? Like, how do you end up there asking for a um, friend? Uh, one, one, one reached out to us and one we reached out to them. That is pretty awesome. 
I think Con Ed needs to. Well, we've had that opportunity. We've had people in New York contact we us. We have, and yeah. Say, you yeah. know, we we're willing to host you guys down yeah. here. Yeah. Well, we, we we went to a, a massage school in California. We went to a very big gym in Austin, Texas. Um, we reached out to them. I knew one of the guys there, um, so we talked there. Rhode Island, those guys reached out to us. They were great hosts. So yeah, we we try and get hosted now. It just you know, it was it was so much time for us. It was like a lot of like sending out emails and getting no replies. It was yeah. rough. Mm-hmm. So and we, now it's we all about it's all about capitalizing on the networking that you've been doing. Yeah. Like now it's easy to keep. Yeah. Like about. now, like in the last week or so, we've had three or four people saying, "Can you come here? Can you come there?" So we we'll follow up with those people, and if it's like a a good lead, we'll 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 try and make it happen. But I wonder. I don't really want to do more than eight to ten per year, to be honest. And now, is it just the is it just the two courses that we spoke about? So the one for manual therapists, the uh, assess and correct, and then the one for trainers, which is the flexibility classes. Are those the only two you teach, or have you guys got other courses? Uh, no, we we we're working on a, a third class. Um, the flexibility and stretch class is actually for massage therapists and trainers. But, oh, okay. Um, we do get a lot of trainers coming. Um. We're working on a third class, which is going to be more, um, uh, how do I explain it? More for thought. It's not a hands-on class per se. It's more how do we do this stuff for ourselves. I don't know what it's like in Canada, but in, in the U.S., especially in England, a lot of the therapists we train, they're all banged up and, and, and they're not taking care of themselves. Mm, like a self-care. We the same story, right? Yeah. I can't, yeah, self-care. I can't find anyone good. Well, be good yourself and, and we're going to teach you how to do this stuff yourself. So. Cool, cool, cool. So are you teaching all the courses on your own? Uh, well, yeah, yeah, I, I do like, yeah, it's just me right now. We might expand it in a year or two. We'll see. We'll see what happens. If it, if it does take off, we'll bring on some other instructors, I guess. Sounds very fun. Do you have any fear about bringing on instructors? Uh, Is there any reservation behind not, doing that? Uh, not right now. Um, but I think when push comes to the shelf, I mean, you have to pick the right guy, right? It's going to have to be a guy who has a good underpinning knowledge, a guy who's been around your system for a couple of years, a guy or, or a girl that you trust. <laughs> I was just, I was waiting for it. I'm like, or, or female? No, no, we're out. <laughs> well, there's not, there's not many female educators, right? In the massage, the massage space, really. And it's so weird because it's the majority so weird, yeah. of the field is female dominant, but the majority of continuing education providers are male. And coaches. Yeah. I yeah. think I heard a stat, it was like 82% of massage therapy business coaches are men. Um, and you know what? So why do you think that is? I think possibly because, yeah, there's 80 Because women are too busy with their busy practices. I was going <laughs> to say that there's a possibility because, you know, there's a lot of male therapists who say that um, something that's limiting them or holding them back from being super busy in their practice is the I only want a female therapist attitude. I don't know how much that exists where you are, Danny, but a lot of male therapists, at least here in the GTA, say that mm. their practice isn't as busy as their female colleagues. So maybe then they decide to go into education or coaching because... Uh, I, I don't know. know. I mean, I think like when I worked in England, for sure, I had clients. I worked in like a health spa. Um, for about a week, no, for about a couple of months. <laughs> and uh, for sure, I, I had people cancel on me when they found out Danny was a man. Danny could be a female. Oh, yes, Danielle. you're right, you're right, you're yeah. right. You're yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I, I was just Danny, thinking. Danny, D-A-N-I is a, a girl's name. Yeah, 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 yeah. So for sure, I had people like not want to see me because I was a man, and I had people want to see me because I was a man. So it's really been roundabouts, really. Yeah, I don't think that there's as many reservations. I think anymore i don't know maybe i'm wrong so then why I do you still think... he- i still hear it a lot i think it depends on what treatment you're doing as well yeah to be honest yeah for sure i mean well, an I've athlete who just wants to get better like i don't think that 
any type of really serious athlete cares whether the therapist is male or female. You no. know, as long as that therapist is getting them back into their game, they don't care. No, athletes no. definitely don't give a fuck. I've got clients I work with now, males, and when I go and see them, it's more of like inverted commas treatment. It's not like a a relaxation, a re- relaxation massage per se. Mm-hmm. But they say if they went to a, if they go to a spa and it's more of a lights off, burning incense, they would prefer a woman. And uh, but when I, I see them, they're completely happy with me. But if they go for a relax, relaxation massage, they would prefer a female therapist. Yeah, I can imagine that being true. Yeah, I, I've had no no issues like with uh, with that. In, Why do you in, think in that? US, more of the educators are men, Mark. I have no idea. I really, I don't, I don't, I don't have a clue. I think I know why. All right. Men, like, from, from, an, ever, from an evolutionary standpoint, men are, like, trying to be more successful. Like, if, if teaching is deemed to be success, men, like, want to be, I think it's in our nature to be more successful or to be out there more. Um, any job, like world leaders, they're all men. CEOs of business, they're all men. Generally, women women don't try and claw their way to the top because they don't need to. From an evolutionary standpoint, I can see how that, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Deep down in in the male psyche is the need to be yeah. out in front, the need to be dominant, the need to be able yeah. to choose a mate or have several mates to choose from to spread your seed and yeah. pass on your genes. Yeah. I kind of get that. Yeah, that might <laughs> Well, I mean, sense. if we're going into that too, I mean, I don't want uh, feminists to get upset with me right they now. They will. You can't help it. <laughs> but all me, all me, all but me. I mean that um, like as, as a mother now with two kids, I say to Mark all the time when I, you know how I just said it gets, it gets old. Sometimes it gets frustrating when I feel that, um, People will write into us and say, like, Mark, you do such a great job. Even one of our good friends who appeared on the podcast said, Mark, I can't believe you do this all on your own. Thankfully, my wonderful husband said, actually, I couldn't do any of this without my wife. But because of the fact that we have two small children, the way that our our duties between our business and our home are divided, I spend more time going to the kids activities. I'm the one that does all of the cooking, not because that's a woman's job, because if we left it to Mark, we'd eat grilled cheese and scrambled eggs every day. Um, <laughs> Sounds glorious. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I yeah. I have to be you a know little what, bit though? more behind the scenes because somebody has to take care of the stuff that's But it's not, even, it's not even that. Like, if we, if we want to go down the whole evolutionary path as well, females generally are going to be more nurturing. The whole point is to rear the young so they can have a successful life, right? right? Which is what I'm so saying, when, sort but, of. But, 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 but <laughs> when you are in a massage therapy practice, you as the therapist, you are being nurturing to your patients or clients versus when you're off teaching a continuing education course, it's not the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, you're helping I mean? people, but more in a way to say, look what I know, guys. Pretty much. I mean, if you want to break yeah. it down like you that. You should see my stance right now. It's very powerful. So, I mean, <laughs> I would I would really like to have a, a, a sociologist come in and discuss this type of thing. Yeah. So this would actually be really interesting to hear. Because we have this about. discussion all the time. Like I said, it, 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 I'm getting better with it. But for the first little while of us running Con Ed, I was like, fuck, man, you get all the glory. And I feel like there is no I fucking glory. work my ass off. You know what, though? But I get zero credit for it. You know it. what, though? <laughs> but at the same time, when anyone wants to fucking cut it down or anyone has something bad to say, the it bullets are hitting me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like with a, like, I think of it like, like, like a rock band. Like the lead singer gets all the praise, but he's just one piece of the, the pie. Exactly. There's, there's exactly. like the band, then you have the roadies, 
then you have the admin people. Exactly. So, the show can't happen without the fucking roadies. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah right? exactly. So are you calling your wife a roadie? Um, oh. No, no, no. no. <laughs> she's, she's, the, she's the drummer because really without the drummer, nothing can happen. Yeah. Right? Yes, you I lay do down the backbeat, yep, and yep. Uh, the rest of us she's, just kind of fucking go with the drummer, the guitarist. Yeah, she's, all, she's I'm, all I'm also the roadie, by the way. I'm all of the things. I'm all of the things. I might even be a groupie. Mm. Let's put it all together. There you go. You're your own groupie. No, That's when, fucking when we weird. First, when we first, our first class, when we taught our first class, if I was getting paid an hourly wage for the work that we put into doing that, I'd have probably got paid 50 cents an hour. It was so much for work. Sure. For sure. To like, to get like the PowerPoint correct, to get the manuals correct, to think what we're going to teach, how we're going to teach it, how it's going to evolve through the day and how we're going to pull things back together. You're like, damn, this is like, why the hell am I doing this? (laughs) (laughs) But it's one of those things like you do it once and you do it well and you never have to do it again. Yeah. Right. The only thing, the only thing you have to do now is go back and, and tweak things here and there, but you've, you've got it down now. Yeah. 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 We got, we got the nucleus here. Like even the stretch and flexibility class, we, we tweak it. Even even now we still tweak it, and when we actually the first time we taught it, we actually took out about ten percent, twenty percent of the information on the fly. I was like, "There's no way this is like blowing people away." Yeah, you have and then, to. And then we and then because we was getting a lot of massage and um, personal trainers. Sorry, we took out a lot of the network like scaling, levator, and like trap stuff. Just because like when we had like trainers that like, hold someone's head. They were like petrified. They didn't know what to do because mm-hmm. nothing is shit. Yeah, they've, not, they've probably never done that before. Mm-hmm. But us guys, massage people, we're grabbing heads and twisting people's heads and necks all the time. It's like second nature. So we had to take out a lot of that syllabus because uh, it wasn't cool to be teaching trainers that or even showing them it. But if we do like an advanced stretching and flexibility class, we'll add that network back in, I think. Mm-hmm. We will for sure add that back in because it, it's important. Yeah, it's important to be flexible, no pun intended, when you're running a business like this because some things work, some things don't work, and you don't really know until you actually start presenting the material in front of a class to figure out maybe what's exactly. missing or you know what types of questions are continuously coming in. Do you guys do an evaluation at the end? Do you give the students something to fill out to give you feedback? Yeah, yeah, yeah we do. We do. Yeah, we actually get very positive feedback. Actually, we got we we don't really get any negative. We had a bit of negative about lo- one of the locations and the timing of the seminar. Mm-hmm. When we first started, we was like, if people went back from lunch on time, we'd say, let's wait five minutes for those two. But now it's like, screw it, like we got shit to do. So if we're back at one, guys, we start at one hundred and one. But before we was a bit more like, oh, let's just wait just in case. Mm-hmm. But now we don't do that. We 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 because we want to get through the information in a timely manner and give people enough time to practice. And that's what we get a lot. Most of our feedback is like they like the style of teaching and they feel like we're there to teach as opposed for us like to, to, to like barrage you with information. Right. Mm-hmm. I've, been, I've been to classes it's like, man, it's like I wish they just showed that sequence, have a break and maybe show that sequence again and then add on two or three bits as opposed to show another three or four sequences. It's just too much. So uh, we try and give like we may try and make it a real learning experience as opposed to like hey, come to our seminar. We're going to overwhelm these information. You can buy our DVDs, our videos, and our posters. We don't do that. We we teach just about enough, I think. We could teach a little bit more, but we could teach a bit less. We try and air on less just so people get enough time to get acquainted with, with the techniques and stuff. Yeah, that's true. You want your participants walking away feeling like they actually use something that they can implement right away versus I have to go back and look through these notes and look through these videos because it was just such an overwhelming amount of material that I didn't retain anything. Yeah. And it's not, it doesn't feel exactly. like, a, it doesn't feel like you, you're trying to sell something. It's not like, oh, there's level one and level two and level three and level 
level fucking 12 and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right? It just feels like such a fucking money grab when you see those types of things. Yeah. Like we had someone come in talking about their Thai massage education and uh, they decided to go to Thailand to learn fucking Thai massage because they saw like, you know what, in, in Toronto, there was like this thing here, level one, level two, level three. He's like, what the fuck? What are these levels? Go to Thailand. There are no levels. This is all bullshit. Just go learn yeah. from the fucking motherland yeah. and you'll be fine. <laughs> it's a big fucking money go. the price probably. Yeah, yeah. Talking of Thailand, that was where I first done my first uh, massage training. Oh. I did my first training in Thailand when I was uh, I was there on, I was backpacking and uh, I was like just drinking, being a bum basically. And I bumbled across like a Wat Po where they teach massage. Mm. And the guy's like, yeah, we have a, a training starting in an hour. I'm like, really? He's like, how long is it? He's like, it's like 400 hours. I was like, okay, I'll be back. <laughs> I came back and I just died. I mean... Apart from like, I was interested in fitness and training, and I, and I had a martial arts background, so I was interested in movement, the body, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I had no formal hands-on training whatsoever. And uh, I was there. My friend was like, "What the hell are you doing?" I was like, "Man, I'm, I'm bored of drinking. I'm, I'm going to hang out with Thai guys." For, <laughs> I'm going to learn to massage. <laughs> yeah, and he was like, "Okay, I'll, I'll be in the hot drinking." I was like, "Cool." <laughs> I hate to uh, perpetuate stereotypes, but Danny, you are like every English friend that I've ever met. Like. I feel like this is such a common thing what, for at the pub? Uh, well one drinking <laughs> but also uh, all of my um my friends that I I know in the UK all of them have been backpacking somewhere. I feel like that's like a common thing that people do in I don't know maybe it's a European thing. Do we not travel enough? No, it's a European thing for sure, for sure. You want to know why? Because fucking in Europe everything's so close. It's true. You can go to a billion different countries and like so in much two cheaper. seconds. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's easy to transport. You can take trains everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I went backpacking and my first stop was Thailand, I believe, which was like twelve or thirteen hours away. Then I went to Australia for a year. But I went to the other side of the world. I didn't. I didn't. I've not travelled through Europe. Oh, so I'm you not, just? I'm not, I'm not, I've been. I've been to Europe a few times, obviously on vacation and uh, stuff. But I've not travelled Europe at all. I've been to like five or six countries in Europe. But I've, I've I've been to every city in Australia. Very cool. cool. And poor Australia right now. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, we were just there. We was there in the summer last year. So it's kind of weird, like seeing it. It's like shit, man. Like we we. We drove that highway. Wow. I heard a story on the radio yesterday. It was a Canadian family that was in Australia, and they ended up having to, like, camp out on a beach for, like, days. And then eventually they got moved to, like, a movie theater where there was hundreds of people that were there, and they all had to get, like, helicoptered out. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. I was there uh, about 20 years ago, maybe, yeah, about maybe 18 years ago like when I was backpacking and I remember I was on Bondi Beach on Christmas Day and I was a little bit homesick and was having a barbecue on the beach and it was raining ash that day mm. and there was a, a fire of some sort it wasn't a, like a terrible fire of course well terrible compared to today's fires but there was a fire in the Blue Mountains and it was like raining ash and uh, it was like wow that's crazy so I think so fires crazy. are pretty common over there yeah good people over there did you guys have to do anything I, like I know in, in the States there's um I, I don't remember the the name of it now, but there is the licensing board. Thank you. <laughs> there, like you have to get continuing education courses approved by a specific board. Does that exist in Australia or England? Did you have to get your courses evaluated or approved to travel with these yes. courses? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we did it in England. 
And we did it through the NCBTNB International. And in Australia, we've done it through the NCBTNB too. Okay. And even though, and in the States, by the way, when we went to Texas, we had to get a separate uh, license or certificate to teach. Same when we went to, um, we're going to New York this year. We had to get a separate yeah. um, certificate to teach. Mm-hmm. Uh, California, California has no license. Yeah, California is really open. Yeah. And, and, and we're going to Canada this year. We had to get a separate uh, license or two. Yeah, if for for Canada, it would depend on which provinces that you're going to. So if yeah. you're going to like, yeah, I think we're going to Alberta. Yeah, so then Alberta. you would need the courses approved by one of the associations in Alberta, so that way their members can get credit for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like in Ontario, there's no approval process that's needed. So if you want to come yeah. teach something here, you, yeah, you, you can just come. You can just it come. really trips me out because a lot of other provinces, uh, we've had other therapists from other provinces on the podcast, and uh, they always say that. Ontario is sort of the gold standard for education in Canada for massage and yet for continuing education there is no there's no approval process you can just anyone can just create a course and teach it yeah but what would happen there is you can take a course as a registered massage therapist then submit it when we used to have our continuing education unit cycle you would submit it and then it might get rejected right right so you were free to teach whatever you wanted to you were free to take whatever you wanted to but at the end of the day it would be up to you as the therapist or as the member of the college to determine is this something that my college would even approve in the first place right so i think kiki applied to get um, ability to teach in toronto and I don't think she did it in the end. She said it was like they sent her a, a pamphlet with like a hundred pages. It was crazy. She said and it was like it just wasn't worth the hassle to even do it because it was just too much. Yeah, there's too really nothing. There's nothing now. So if you wanted to come teach in Toronto, you can literally just set up shop, market your course, and have people take it, and then you're good to rock and roll. Yep. Oh really? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So if you ever, <laughs> if you ever want to use our space, my man. You're more yeah, than you're more than welcome we sh- to. We should do something. You guys can come teach here at Con Ed and uh, yeah, see what we've got going on here. We've got a space here that can hold up to. I would say if you need massage tables, 26. twenty-two to twenty-five students. Twenty-six. Twenty-six. Yeah. yeah. We, we, right. we cap our. We've been capping our classes at twenty. Yeah. So. Yeah. We usually do about that twenty to twenty-two. Yeah. Yeah. I find anything more is. is it's really hard work for me. Yeah. But 20 is a nice flow. Exactly. Tables. If you've got more than 20 people and you don't have teaching assistants, it becomes really fucking yeah. difficult. To, it becomes difficult yeah. to deliver quality and have everyone walk away yeah. feeling really good about it. Because I've I've been to courses where there's 50 people, there's one instructor, there's one TA, yeah. and the instructor doesn't give a shit what you walk away with. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, you know, there's yeah, a big difference yeah. between a quality educational experience. Yeah, I definitely like that we teach to smaller groups. Yeah, they do classes here in Florida, like around CEU time. And they're very cheap classes, like 129 bucks uh, the, the hours. And you go, but I've, I've actually never been, but I've got friends who have been. They said there'd be like 150 people in the room, one teacher, one TA. Yeah. Like people aren't there for that. People don't go to those classes for education. No, they just go to get their credit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when we did used to have CEUs, there was um, a specific company that used to teach uh, courses around southwestern Ontario, which is what we do. And I had some friends who had gone to their courses and they would say the same thing. There was usually like 40, 50 people in the room because it was something like, you know, you'd get, 10 or 15 credits like something ridiculous for a weekend course so yeah i know a guy that did the same yeah. thing he he priced his course really really cheap he had a high credit value to it mm-hmm. and then he even developed another course and it wasn't a different course it was, it was the, the same, same course, course different and name he just i think repacked. we're talking about the same company yeah, okay. well, <laughs> that makes sense then oh that's yeah and, and the pricing the pricing is tricky with massage classes like if you go too cheap 
you might attract like the people only doing it for CEUs. If yeah. you teach at a lower level, you might teach a lower level of therapist possibly. If you charge too much, you might scare people away. So it's, it's a balancing act to how much you charge, how many numbers you want in the room. Exactly. It's such a tough go. We had Whitney Lowe on our podcast and we were kind of talking about that as well. It's really tough to manage what happens in this education space. Like you were saying, if you price it too high, you're going to turn some people off. Mm-hmm. If you make the course too short, um, well, then they're going to say this should have been longer. But if you made it longer, then you would have had to price it longer and yeah. then they wouldn't take it anyway. It's such a... It's a and it's people a, wouldn't turn up. Exactly. It's such a weird balancing act. Like what we say, if we could do it in the perfect world it would be we would teach our two-day class one uh, saturday and sunday like we teach i think eight till four eight till five nine till four nine till five teach the two days people go away and they come back again the next saturday and we do a four-hour review just review the whole class for four hours if we could do that that would be perfect but obviously we can't because we have to fly here and everywhere exactly yeah what we're actually doing now we actually just did it last weekend, actually. We filmed the whole syllabus. We got a video of everything. We filmed the whole class like I was teaching. So we might make that. We're going to make it available, of course, but we might figure out a way of giving that to um, students mm-hmm. as like some sort of review once they start the class. Or people can buy it as a course. Like we're going to make it a CEU online course. And maybe if they come and do a live course, they'll get some sort of like discount. But that would be the best if they can have the online version of it. And alive. Yeah, we do stuff like that with a couple of the courses. Um, some of the more technical ones, like our advanced joint mobilizations course, uh, Mark and I created some videos a long time ago. We're actually just talking about how we might want to redo some of those videos, but we created some videos and we've posted them online and we give uh, our participants a password where they can go on and review the videos for up to a year, I think it is, after taking the course so that, you know, you do tend to forget things, you know, when you get a lot of information and it's a lot of hands-on stuff, sure, getting the practice is good, but afterwards, if you want to review, it's nice to have something to look back on. So we do have some courses where we have uh, videos or we'll give uh, pictures or PowerPoints. Right. Do you guys talk about the business of, of therapy in your seminars or is it just like the work. We have a, a few courses that are 100% dedicated to business and you know non-technical skills. So we actually have a business seminar. That was our very first course that we ever developed with Con Ed. It has morphed so much. It's nothing like what it was seven, eight yeah. years ago when we first started. When we first started that, that was called RMT Business Seminar. Now it's warped into the healthcare business entrepreneurship. Healthcare business entrepreneurship strategies for success. Yes. And now we even, it's a two-day course. Wow, that's a long title. Yeah. It's very long, but it was you know to let people know exactly it it really is sort of an all-encompassing business course Mm. broken down by modules but in two days so in two days you get everything from um, adapting your mindset learning about the different structures of business learning about classifications of employees versus self-employed contractors we go through contracts we go through strategic planning budgeting loans tax planning uh, digital marketing traditional marketing it's a lot of material in two days but we have it broken down in such a way that each section has class notes that are again we give access to the participants to download and take whatever they want we've got templates i think a lot of uh, therapists they probably need that more than the actual therapy intervention like technique work oh for sure and yeah I, I don't know how uh, where you are like i don't know many therapists 
massage therapist through a legit full-time therapist earning like a legitimate income purely by doing hands-on work. I don't know many. It's definitely possible to do that. Um, We had somebody on the other day who's been very successful, really just working as a therapist. But it's because she, I mean, she admittedly said, this is my life. This is what I love to do, you know, and I'm happy to work on off hours. I'm happy to go in early for my clients. Um, She's dedicated her life to that. So she's very successful. She's always fully booked. She's very organized. And, Mm, you know, her business is booming. I think it is possible. It's all a matter of how many hands-on hours you want to do in a week and I know a lot of therapists mm. who wouldn't work to the extent that this woman works yeah I think my plan in the summer is to work less for sure I'm working so much right now it's crazy yeah and it's not just about working and working hard it's about working smart yeah it's about having a, having a strategic plan and being able to implement your plan yeah or making sure that your plan makes sense before you start to implement your plan absolutely you know, it's easy yeah. it's easy to just get out there and start working and again you might be successful by accident but it's a whole other ball game when you are successful by intent tent yep. and you're implementing your plan that that's where you can really truly maximize any efforts that you put forward yeah, yeah I've, I've got a couple of friends who are like big into the business of training and they're, they, they're they saying to me i should expand and like employ people and like i can then sort of like push away some of my clients for them and some of my like referrals but i've never been i've never been that's never something that's excited me at all i'm always like no nah, i don't think i can do that i don't i wouldn't want to it'd be too much work for me like to, to microman or to manage someone to mm-hmm. work on mm-hmm. my clients it's just something I, I, i've never really uh wanted to do partly because that's not my skill set i guess yeah and i mean you have to know what what you want to do and what type of business you want and like mark said you make a plan and if it's a good plan and you and you can execute it then you'll be successful whether you're employing other people you're working working on your own, you're teaching classes. There's a lot of different ways that therapists can work. And that's actually sure, sort of yeah. the first the first two hours of our business course is trying to get people to take a step back and actually figure that out about themselves. Like know who you are as a therapist. What do you want to do? Do you want to run a busy multidisciplinary clinic? Do you want to work um, out of your home and have a busy home-based practice? Do you want to teach? Do you want to do research? Do you want to write for a massage therapy publication? Do you want to start a podcast? What do you want to do? Figure it out and then... And yeah. let's make a plan and, and do that and start making some money yeah. doing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We've got to monetize uh, all the effort we do, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, no, uh, we can definitely we can definitely try and head towards you guys. Uh, maybe once you got the call, you guys can message Kiki and uh, we can definitely chat. Because we are going to be in Canada, I think, in July the 18th and 19th. I think that's the Saturday and Sunday. We're teaching Assessing Correct in near Banff. Okay. Just just so you know, if you don't know Canada very well, that might as well be another country to us here in <laughs> Toronto. Uh, Mark has never yeah, been anywhere in Alberta. Yeah. The, I mean, the provinces here are massive, right? So for... Yeah. I think I, I can't remember now the how time long, it, like, the time it takes us to drive to like northern Ontario we would be in we, Miami. we could be in Miami yeah it's massive That's so crazy. yeah for us to go we go to Florida about once a year and it takes us I think about 22 22 hours. 23 hours to get to where we're going which is actually not and even it's not as even far south, south Florida, as Miami yeah. um but for us to get to northern Ontario takes us the same amount of time 22 23 hours so yeah uh, yeah. Alberta is a province that Mark has never even been to. I have flown to Calgary one time. I've been to Banff once and I think it was like a five hour flight. I don't remember but it's, yeah, it might as well be another country for 
with you in Alberta and us here in Toronto, you're not going to be anywhere near us. Wow. So wait, wait, wait. Do you surf? Me? Yeah. Only, the only thing I surf is the internet. Oh, <laughs> I was going to ask it because if you, if you spend time in Australia surfing, I was going to tell you that there's a real cool spot to surf in in Florida. New Smyrna Beach, Florida is a great place to surf if you're a surfer. No, I, my girlfriend uh, used to surf. Um, I have surfed, but I, I wouldn't say I surf. I've okay. surfed like twice. I was also going to tell you, though, once. if you end up going to New Smyrna Beach to surf, it's also like shark bite capital of the world. <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah. I've seen it on Shark Week. Definitely. We actually once met a guy when we were there. Oh, yeah. We were at a bar. Bitten, yeah, he'd been bitten was, by a shark multiple he times. Was, he was uh, the entertainment for the really? night. He was the yeah. lead singer in the band, and we were talking to him after, and he's like, yep, I've been bitten by a shark he's And nine he was times, on Shark Week. Nine times. And yeah. yeah, he was on Shark Week. Well, I know Australia as well, like the West West Australia, West States of Australia are hugely populated by some serious sharks. Yeah, I think surfers get chomped on a lot because they look like turtles. They look like turtles. Yeah. Seriously, when you're out on, under the water, from under the water, and you're paddling, you must look like a turtle to like a shark, like this really big. I think, turtle. Oh, yeah. Or a seal, or a seal. They say like seals. Yeah, oh, yeah maybe. Well, from the bottom, like black seals. Mm, yeah. Yeah. No, I don't really do any water-based. I go to the beach once a week and maybe dip my feet in, but I don't really, I don't swim, I don't boat, I don't surf. Maybe I should, living in Miami. (laughs) (laughs) No way, man. I go to the beach and I fall asleep. (laughs) The sound of the ocean puts me to sleep. I'm too busy working to go to the beach right now. Yeah. Yeah, no, the sound of the ocean just puts me to sleep. It's relaxing. I don't, I don't go to the beach and play volleyball. I go to the beach and fall asleep. Yeah, nice. I I actually, I, I go to the beach. I ride my bike on the beach at least once or twice a week. From my, at my house, I'm about four minutes from the beach, and I'll I ride along the beach, go to a little gym where I work out, and then come back. But I do have a little, I do get out and enjoy the element. Nice. But have, you have to. You live in here, you've got to. Yeah, you have to. Agreed. So for anybody that's listening, because uh, we do have quite a few listeners in the States, hence that's how you found us, um, how can people find you and check out what courses are on the calendar for 2020? Um, the best way to find us is on... Um, our website, painposturepeperformance.com. Uh, we post a lot of information on Facebook and Instagram, actually. We post um, two or three videos at least a week, I guess, like technique-based videos, like short little clips of what we're doing, how we do it. We get a lot of really positive feedback, actually, on that stuff, remarkably. No real haters yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, Instagram and Facebook, we, we do we do pump out quite a bit of um, content for people to uh, check out. Very cool. Well, hopefully, uh, either you guys will make it to Toronto or the next time we are down south... Maybe we can make a trip to Miami. It's How been way too down? long. Uh, we usually come to Florida about once a year, but we haven't been to Miami since before we had kids. As I said to you off mic, I think the last time we were in Miami was 2010 for New Year's yeah, we're Eve. Due. We're due. But yeah, we're due to come back to Miami. So maybe we'll have to come and uh, take one of your flexibility courses. It's changed a lot. It's changed a lot, that's for sure, in the last 10 years. I believe you. Yeah, we'll have to come check it out. It's changed a hell of a lot. Right on. All right. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about, Danny, while well, you've got your mic? Uh, no, not really. I think uh, we, we had a good hour-long chat. Um, yeah, it's, I, I can come back on and chat more whenever time, no, no problem. Always got stuff to say, I guess. Well, that's perfect. We'll do the next one in person, either you in Toronto or us in Miami. I really hope it's us in Miami because <laughs> I could really use a vacation. <laughs> Yeah, because Toronto, you guys are on the same time zone as Miami, right? Yep. Yeah. We, we, we are planning some some vacations uh, later this year, actually. So um, I'm not sure where we're going to go. But if we do make it up there, for sure we'll connect and I'll hang out in person. Sounds awesome. Good. Well, thank you so much for talking to us this afternoon. When this episode comes out, we will link 
your website to the description so that if anyone does want to take a course with Pain Posture Performance, they'll know how to find you. Cool. Thank you. Appreciate that, guys. Right on. And uh, go follow them on Instagram, Facebook. Any other social platforms you guys are on? Uh, no, I think that's it. Facebook and Instagram. Sounds YouTube. good. Well, thanks for hanging out. It's been good. Thanks, Amanda Mark. Cheers. Right on. You guys have been listening to Two Massage Therapists at a Microphone. Peace.